I saw a, uh, I saw a TV show some years ago with a fictional t uh, football team in the TV show. It's called Friday Night Lights. You may have seen it. And, uh, and in the show, the uh, football team would leave the locker room, typically facing long odds from a team that was ranked higher than they, and they'd leave the locker room, and there was a sign above the door that said, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. I'm confident that the people of Florida have very clear eyes. You understand what's at stake in this election. That was Mitt Romney, Republican candidate for president, campaigning in Jacksonville, Florida, October 31st, 2012. You heard him mention Friday Night Lights, a TV drama that was nominated for 12 Emmys and won an Emmy three times. The 2023 Emmy Awards had been scheduled for September 18th, but because of the writers and actors strike in Hollywood, they won't be held until next year, January 15th which happens to be the same day as the Iowa Republican first-in-the-nation presidential caucus. Distraught by the delay? Can't wait for either the Emmys or Iowa? Well, here's something to cheer you up. The C-SPAN podcast The Weekly is coming to the rescue. We're marking what would have been Emmys week in our own way. Here's how. You've probably seen lists of top political moments at the Emmys, but have you ever seen a list of top moments in presidential campaigns featuring Emmy-nominated and Emmy-winning TV shows? Didn't think so. And thus, this episode of The Weekly. Every person you'll hear was a presidential candidate or was campaigning for a presidential candidate, and every TV show you'll hear them talk about won or was nominated for an Emmy. Because in this podcast, C-SPAN's The Weekly goes to the Emmys, or more accurately, the Emmys come to C-SPAN's The Weekly. Republican Congressman Bob Dornan ran for president in the 1996 campaign. He may be the only presidential candidate who also won an Emmy. In 1968 and 1969, he won local Emmys for hosting his own television talk show in Los Angeles. And he mentioned that fact to the USA Today editorial board on November 15th, 1995. You know what today is? I came to this city 26 years ago today as a journalist. I had a show that won Emmys, that won an Emmy that year, 69 and 68. A, a Southern California local Emmys for his local show. Speaking of Emmys in the late 1960s, between 1967 and 1969, Star Trek was nominated for an Emmy 13 times. But unlike Bob Dornan, and some might say tragically, Star Trek never won an Emmy. But that didn't stop Bob Dornan from mentioning Star Trek on the presidential campaign trail in New Hampshire in May 1993. I believe, to use a, an expression from uh, Star Trek, that at warp speed, we are watching everything that we accomplished in the Reagan years unravel. Now, a TV show that began five months after Star Trek ended, Sesame Street. Between 1970 and 2019, Sesame Street was nominated for 31 Emmys and won 12 times, plus many more daytime Emmys. Sesame Street also had a supporting role during the 2012 presidential campaign. Here's President Barack Obama, October 9th, 2012, at Ohio State University. When he's asked how he'll cut the deficit, he says he can make the math work by eliminating local public funding for, tel uh, funding for uh, PBS. Now, 
Now, by the way, this is not new. This is what he's been saying every time he's asked the question. Well, we can cut out PBS. So for all you moms and kids out there, don't worry. Somebody's finally getting tough on Big Bird. He, he, you know, who knew that he was driving our deficit? So we're going after, he's decided we're going after Big Bird and Elmo's making a run for the border and Oscar's hiding out in a trash can and Governor Romney wants to let Wall Street run wild again, but he's going to bring down the hammer on Sesame Street. And here's Republican Mitt Romney, October 26, 2012, in Iowa. You know, four years ago, candidate Obama spoke to the scale of the times. Today, he shrinks from it, trying instead to distract our attention from the biggest issues to the smallest, from characters on Sesame Street and silly word games to misdirected personal attacks. He knows are false. Let's hear again from Barack Obama, October 5th, 2012, in Virginia. When he was asked what he'd actually do to cut spending and reduce the deficit, he, his big example was to go after public television. So, for all, for all you moms and kids out there, don't worry. Somebody is finally getting tough on Big Bird. Rounding him up. Elmo's got to watch out, too. Governor Romney plans to let Wall Street run wild again, but he's going to bring down the hammer on Sesame Street. It makes perfect sense. And again, back to Mitt Romney, November 1st, 2012, also in Virginia. His campaign seems to have been reduced to smaller and smaller things. As people are facing more and more challenges and he's been looking for an agenda to to carry forward in the campaign other than just forward, more of the same. Why he, uh, for a while there, he was talking about saving uh, characters on Sesame Street and then... Yes, we've reached the intersection of Sesame Street and Road to the White House. For good measure, here's First Lady Michelle Obama, October 26, 2012, in Las Vegas. We know good and well that cutting Sesame Street is no way to balance our budget. We know better than that. And one more mention of Emmy-winning Sesame Street. Here's Mitt Romney again, October 18, 2012, at the chock-full-of-laughs Al Smith dinner. People seem to be very curious as to how we prepare for the debates. Let me tell you what I do. First, refrain from alcohol for 65 years before the debate. (laughs) Second, find the biggest available straw man and then just mercilessly attack it. Big Bird didn't even see it coming. And by the way, in in the spirit of Sesame Street, the president's remarks tonight are brought to you by the letter O and the number 16 trillion. Here's a show that was never nominated in the category of children's TV programming, Sex in the City. But the HBO series was nominated for an Emmy 54 times and won seven times. Sex in the City's last Emmy win was in 2004, the year its original release concluded. 2004 also was the year Sex in the City got a mention at the Republican National Convention during remarks by Jenna Bush talking about her grandmother, Barbara Bush. We already know she doesn't like some of our clothes, our music, or most of the TV shows we watch. Ganey, we love you dearly, but you're just not very hip. (laughs) 
<laughs> she thinks sex in the city is something married people do, but never talk about. <laughs> and just like that, later in the 2004 campaign, another mention of another Emmy-winning show from HBO. This time by the Democratic side. October 13, 2004, debating President Bush, Senator John Kerry cited the main character from an HBO series that was nominated for an Emmy 112 times. It won 21 times, and some might say deserved far more. The Sopranos. Being lectured by the president uh, uh, on fiscal responsibility is a little bit like Tony Soprano talking to me about law and order in this country. Donald Trump's reality show, The Apprentice, was nominated for an Emmy eight times. The Apprentice never won an Emmy, a fact that Donald Trump lamented when he campaigned in Iowa on December 11, 2015. I was on the cover of Time Magazine four or five weeks ago, and Time Magazine was going to pick the person of the year. Everybody, even my enemies, said Trump is going to win. I said, I won't win. They said, why? I won't win. Just like I should have gotten the Emmy for The Apprentice the first three years. I was nominated. I should have. And I said, I'll never win. I told everybody, I'll never win because I'm not Hollywood establishment. Donald Trump's lack of an Emmy for The Apprentice was cited by his Democratic opponent, Hillary Clinton. During the October 19, 2016 debate, the candidates were asked, will you accept the results of this election? Uh, There was even a time when he didn't get an Emmy for his TV program three years in a row, and he started tweeting that the Emmys were rigged against Should have gotten it. Donald Trump won the presidency, and he was sworn in on January 20th, 2017. Two weeks later, President Trump spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast. He said a prayer for The Apprentice. But we had tremendous success on The Apprentice. And when I ran for president, I had to leave the show. That's when I knew for sure I was doing it. And they hired a big, big movie star, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to take my place. And we know how that turned out. The ratings went right down the tubes. It's been a total disaster. And Mark will never, ever bet against Trump again. And I want to just pray for Arnold, if we can, for those ratings, okay? (laughs) The AMC dramatic series Mad Men was nominated for an Emmy 116 times and won 16 times. Some might say Mad Men deserved far more. But that's not all. It was also mentioned during two successive Democratic conventions. Here's Planned Parenthood President Cecile Richards, September 5th, 2012. So why are we having to fight in 2012 against politicians who want to end access to birth control? It's like we woke up on a bad episode of Mad Men. To be sure, some might say there never was a bad episode of Mad Men. Some might even say... Every Mad Men episode deserved an Emmy. That said, here's the next Mad Men mention at the next Democratic convention, July 25th, 2016. New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Families today look almost nothing like they did a generation ago. Eight in ten moms work outside the home. Four in ten moms are the primary or sole breadwinners, and many are single. Thanks to marriage equality, more children grow up with two moms or two dads. Yet today, our policies are stuck in the Mad Men era. 
By the way, if you're a Mad Men fan, you might remember this line from President Obama's 2014 State of the Union address. It is time to do away with workplace policies that belong in a Mad Men episode. Okay, let's go back to an era even earlier than Mad Men, the Waltons. 37 nominations, 13 Emmys, and this Walton's mention on July 27, 1992, by a president running for re-election, George H.W. Bush. And now that we have changed the world, the taxpayers and the leaders working together, it's time, high time, that we change America. Time to turn our attention to pressing challenges, like how to give a pink slip to our slow-growth economy. It's growing, but far too slow. How to make our families more like the Waltons and a little bit less like the Simpsons. And since President Bush also mentioned the Simpsons, we will too. The cartoon comedy so far has 99 Emmy nominations and 35 wins. But what about Beavis and Butthead? Unlike the Simpsons, there were no Emmy nominations for the MTV animated series. But Beavis and Butthead did score a mention in the spin room by Democrat Mike McCurry, spinning for John Kerry's presidential campaign and assessing President George W. Bush following a debate. Yeah, I think I still think on the, on just the stylistics, he just looked so distracted and, you know, he still looked peeved to be there. And then he has this kind of this, he has kind of a Beavis and Butthead way of laughing. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, is it, is it Beavis or Butthead that does it? I can't remember which of the two of them is like that. For the record, it was Beavis who did that laugh. Finally, situation comedies. Several Emmy-winning comedy series have been cited by presidential candidates. Here's Bill Clinton speaking at Sony Studios in Los Angeles, May 30th, 1992, and mentioning two sitcoms. More television shows like the Nickelodeon special in which Magic Johnson was talking to children about AIDS. More television shows which encourage hard work and study, like The Cosby Show. More television shows which depict women as strong and self-sufficient and confident role models, like Designing Women. That's self-interest, because they're my friends, as you all know. Designing Women got 18 nominations and one Emmy. And The Cosby Show got 29 nominations, six Emmys, and one prison sentence. And now, let's do Seinfeld, 68 nominations and 10 Emmys, and these two mentions by presidential candidates. First, Chris Christie, June 6, 2023, announcing his Republican campaign at a town hall in Manchester, New Hampshire, and talking about Donald Trump. He's going to try to go through me. And he's going to try to go through Ron and Nikki and Tim and anybody else who stands in his way. And you've watched this show. I mean, to me, this show looks like it's on reruns now. This is like watching Seinfeld. (laughs) Right? We've all seen it. And the jokes aren't quite as funny as they were the first time we heard them. Right? And second, Democratic candidate Mike Bloomberg, March 2nd, 2020, speaking to the pro-Israel lobby, AIPAC. But there's one thing I know about Jewish people, is that we don't agree on anything. We can't even agree on who's the funniest New Yorker, Jerry Steinfeld, Larry David, or me. Just for the record, it's probably not me, but I did appear in Curb Your Enthusiasm and throw Larry David out of New York. 
I don't remember what he did, but I'm sure he deserved it. Curb Your Enthusiasm, 51 nominations and two Emmys. And get this, that episode Mike Bloomberg appeared in, it was nominated for an Emmy. Finally, we couldn't pass this one up. And it's our bonus clip. No, he didn't run for president, but he sure cited one particular Emmy-nominated show a lot. From the House floor on March 13, 1996, here's Ohio Democratic Congressman James Traficant. Mr. Speaker, some people say that politics in America is getting real strange. Take Whitewater, please. Somebody take Whitewater. Whitewater has now gone where no man or woman has ever gone before, as evidenced by juror Barbara Adams, who shows up in a sleek red and black Star Trek uniform, complete with phaser and communicator. Adams says she is constantly prepared to be beamed up by Captain Kirk. Surprised? Not me. I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those witnesses show up wearing a beanie with a propeller on top. But ladies and gentlemen, this has taken American jurisprudence to a whole new dimension. Trial by a jury of your peers is getting a whole new definition, and I pronounce here today and acclaim that Whitewater has now entered the final frontier. I yield back the balance of this and beam me up, Mr. Speaker. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. But before we end, here's something they do in TV shows, a tease for next week's podcast. There's a part two for The Weekly Goes to the Emmys. One of the most famous policy controversies in modern day presidential campaign history. We'll focus on one particular Emmy winning TV show. Here's a preview clip. I welcome the debate with Hollywood, even if it occasionally flares up into what the New York Times yesterday called a war. But debate does not justify distortion. An Emmy is not a license to lie. Who was that? When was that? What show was he talking about? And what was the war? Tune in next week for the exciting answers to this podcast cliffhanger. For now, thanks for listening and happy searching. <laughs>